Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to This is Civity Radio Show. My name is Gina Valeria, and today we are joined on This is Civity by Liz Joyner, who's Executive Director of Village Square. And I'm really excited to learn about Village Square. Welcome, Liz, to the show. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for the invitation. Thrilled to have you here. So tell us a little bit about Village Square. What is this about? The Village Square started in Tallahassee, Florida about 10 years ago, and we are devoted to building community inside of American hometowns across the partisan divide. Uh, We started out really focused uh, laser-like on politics, uh, uh, Democrats and uh, Republicans, but now we very broadly work on building civic glue, Uh, what holds us together inside of our communities despite all sorts of different differences. Um, So tell me a little bit about, a lot of people are forgetting that we can we can disagree or have different viewpoints and it doesn't have to be framed in the Republican Democrat thing. So tell me a little bit about how you went from focusing on the political divide or the partisan divide to a more, a more broad sort of uh, way of looking at the issue. Well, we, we kind of started accidentally. I don't think that we really realized that we were doing the right thing, but we started accidentally focusing on relationships between conservatives and liberals that existed naturally despite the partisan feuding. And because we went in first focused on relationship building, uh, that we ultimately realized was actually the goal. So the way, the way that you work on addressing those kind of deep divisive differences really isn't to sit down and have a conversation about uh, you know, 10 policy points we can agree on or the pros and cons of this or that. It really is much more about relationships. So when we had that realization, and in fact, along the way, we realized that there was actually a lot of science behind what we sort of knew intuitively from our experience, um, we also then realized that this was really about very broad relationships inside of, of communities that, that really, in a way, were it, the way that things were 20 years ago, it was much more natural to have cross-cutting relationships with people who are different than you are. Um, these days, with the rise of social media and, uh, and the, w- the way that we sort of tend to sort of be in our little holes of information, it's just not so natural anymore. So that's really what the Village Square does, is we, we very um, intentionally focus on building that civic glue. That's wonderful. Yes, there's research out there that shows that uh, that interpartisan relationships are much more shocking to a family now than interracial relationships. Yes, <laughs> and it it was almost um, back when I was probably in high school, it was a blip. I mean, nobody really even cared whether they um, married somebody across party lines. Right, and so that really is a, a fundamental societal shift for us. Yeah, it really is, and and so it's ama- It's I love the work that you're doing to bring people together, and and as also the civity organization that sponsors this radio show is trying to do some similar work, and it's very difficult in this day and age. Uh, there's some. There's a lot of talk about what's going on in the news media and and the cable networks uh, in particular 
an Atlantic reporter just wrote an article about a week or two ago with a theory that, you know, in this era where we choose and purchase everything and everything is a free market choice, that all of a sudden news has also become a free market choice. And so we're not necessarily getting the same news anymore because we're making choices. And as you mentioned, social media is part of that, um, but also these these very divergent political uh, uh, cable networks. Absolutely. So the way it used to be is there were three television stations, and all of them were fairly similar, and you would pick between them, and they had, you know, editors that looked through the news and came up with sort of what you were going to listen to, and now we essentially can choose our news. And, you know, frankly, why wouldn't we? You know, at the end of a long day at work, we want to sit down and listen to someone that we sort of feel some sort of a connection to. Uh, and the problem, in, in some ways, we kind of have to give ourselves a break because everything changed so fast, and, and now we're sort of left going, huh, there's some problems with this, and, and what do we do about them? Uh, it, so we don't, so instead of, um, you know, someone who sees things differently than you do or is a different race than you or ethnicity or from a different culture, uh, you, it's, it's just too easy to start to, identify them as the other Mm -hmm. if you're just hanging with the people like you. It's just a natural human thing. And if you don't have person-to-person, you know, relationships, if your kids don't play softball together, if you don't uh, sit next to each other in church pews, if you don't have some sort of cross-cutting relationship across these differences, then it's just a natural human trait to grow more tribal. And that's really what we see all around us. Uh, and, and the problem is, how do you then solve problems that we all, that challenge all of us, if you're just in your little um, tribal groups? Uh, and, and so that's what we do. That's what, um, that is our affinity with uh, Civity, that really they are very focused on that same sort of social civic, civic fabric inside of communities. Right, absolutely. And there's so much beyond just I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, or vice versa. There's so much uh, else that we have to fix and solve that really can be taken out of that very limited lens. Um, and everything, right. yeah, and everything is pushed into that lens now. And it's like, no, no, take this out. We actually can sit here and talk to each other. Right, right. And it, it's just not happening. And, right. and the funny thing is, in a strange sort of way, I think if you identify the problem, correctly uh, and then do the right things, it's really not that hard because people do instinctively, we're drawn to each other, we uh, have a very high need to reciprocate kindness, Uh, and the problem is that'll never happen when you're, you know, uh, typing on the thread of a newspaper article or watching the television set or listening to the radio. Yeah, absolutely. And Village Conversations, Civity, and, and others are really, uh, in, for the most part, trying to put people face-to-face or trying to make people accountable online. And you just mentioned the, you know, I, I, in my mind, the YouTube threads are the worst. But when you have the ability to be somewhat anonymous or fully anonymous or you have the ability to just react in the moment without thinking about the, the web and the threads that are connected to that online site, you're, you know, unfortunately, you say humans have a desire and a need to be kind, but there's also this other side where we have this, uh, this ability to say terrible things. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of it is sort of is putting ourselves in the kind of situations that call our better angels to the table. And they really are there. 
uh, the, the blog threads do not call our better angels. No. And, they, and that's really, frankly, all of us. Again, it's just we have so much in common uh, with each other. We tend to just not do as well under those circumstances. And so, so I think a lot of the kind of interventions that have to exist now are interventions that simply change those circumstances. Absolutely. And interventions with ground rules and, you know, here and structure. Uh, right. on, online, the Guardian newspaper was one of the first to create a, you know, if you're going to comment on our articles, these are the ground rules. And and as a result, they've had some pretty great success at having pretty rich and dynamic uh, comment threads. But yeah. And actually, those, those kind of diverse conversations are the most interesting ones, too. I mean, it's really pretty boring um, when you just talk uh, to the people who already agree with you, if you can get that going. And, and one of the things that I think that um, communities like that are looking at is, is creating reputational costs. If you if you don't you know have a, a good civic uh, civil conversation, uh, and again that's what that's the kind of thing that happens when people are in connection with each other. We want to do right by other people, and so we naturally lean in a constructive, positive way. Absolutely, and I and and beyond that, there's a I think a curiosity. You know, uh, my parents and I have very different political views. I bring this up a lot on the show, and I am fascinated about you know they're brilliant, amazing, smart people, and I'm like you can't be crazy you know, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> you're that's right. and actually you're totally nailing the basic concept which is if i if i like you if i have affection um towards you if we have some sort of commonality then it's like we we want to find what sounds right to us and we want to find some sort of commonality with people and the problem is that we have fewer and fewer of those relationships now like you have between your mom and your dad and um, and we've just got to create them. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to happen naturally anymore, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's the key right there. It doesn't seem to happen naturally anymore. And so, you know, Village Conversations, you're doing some amazing work to try to pull this together. And so how do people find you or how do you find people? How do you get people together in a room? Um, well, one of the key parts of what we do is is maybe not about getting the specific people in the room, but that we that Village Square is very focused on uh, community. So we're not, you know, we're not doing what we do online. We we are operating inside of a community, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that we actually have found to be really important in getting people together is we are always focused on making the conversation um, and the interaction interesting and fun. Uh, and that sounds a little bit weird when you're talking about something that is just so difficult and challenging. And I have to say, the first time we had an event 10 years ago, it was like, yeah, we had a few little jokes here. Hmm, this just feels wrong. But in, in a way, we've created this um, civic space that's, that's like a plumb line in the community where we are constantly inviting incredibly diverse people into this conversation in lots of different formats and formulas that are that are different, that are a little edgy, pretty irreverent. Um, nice. The uh, program we have coming up in Tallahassee in January is uh, called Created Equal and Breathing Free, the straining founding ideals of freedom and equality. And our two um, panelists for that program, and not all of our programs exactly have panels like this, but for this particular one, our panelists are a Catholic priest who does a regular program with us who's just really wonderful and a, um, a woman who founded 
a theater company that's kind of an alternative uh, uh, theater experience, and she's written a book. She's openly gay, and um, the book is called, hopefully I'll get it right, <laughs> um, uh, Mean Little Deaf Queer. And uh, we met together on Friday, to. We always have our panelists meet ahead of time because we want, we want them to connect as human beings. And it was just spectacular. It, it was, you know, two wonderfully decent human beings who normally don't really have a big conversation in front of an audience. And that's the kind of thing that we do. We just sort of say, who would be the people that would be, you know, really a, a really fascinating conversation? And then we put them inside of an environment where, um, where it, it's easy to behave in a human and empathetic way towards mm. each other. And then do you have a moderator or do you, do you just let them go? No, we have a facilitator, um, but but it really we we tell all of them before we do each of these programs that if we feel if the, if the audience and and actually the audience is sort of a bad word for this too because the audience is very involved mm-hmm. as well, um, and we have some programs that are much more kind of interactive and small groupish, um, but uh, if they feel like they're eavesdropping and a conversation in our facilitator's living room between fast friends, we feel like we've nailed it. Nice. So, it's, again, it's really about human empathy. Uh, that's, that's really what we produce more than anything. Um, then it is about, you know, working your way through some sort of policy prescription. Yeah, that's a great point. It, 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 often, if you can build the empathy and the trust initially, then when things do come up in your community, in your society, or in our nation, it, it doesn't automatically turn to I'm going to go into my corner and and hold on to you know whatever I'm, I'm going to actually reach out to you because I trust you to me right. yeah but if we, if we if we let that break down then when things happen you know we see what we're seeing in our political discourse right now and this this terrible right. divisiveness right yeah. and I mean the thing that's so good is that if you if you kind of know what you're after human beings are really wonderful in this way we, we have an amazing capacity for for that kind of human empathy, but we don't do it unless it's a person-to-person operation. So, um, so in some ways it's really easy. In other ways, it's kind of hard. Um, I've taken to calling our mission. Um, both impossible and mandatory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I, I, as you talk and as I think about this issue, I am fascinated by the fact that empathy is now on display. You know, and like it's it's not that it's so rare, but that it's so difficult to bring people from differences together. That that you in Village Square are putting it up on a stage per se, or putting it in a room and having a, a somewhat audience, an engaged audience. And it's not just something that happens naturally all over the country as it should, um, but hopefully right. we're building on it. Right. And, I mean, it used to be like our civic organizations were much more ideologically diverse than they are now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was something that sort of took care of the problem before and that, that really just doesn't exist in the same way anymore. I mean, even if you look at uh, civic institutions like churches, they're all now divided uh, along um, ideological lines. Mm-hmm. And, and so the problem is if, if you're consistently um, in contact with the people who are similar to you, then, you know, why would you grow empathy? Um, and, in fact, it sort of punches the also very human kind of tribal instincts where all of a sudden the people who disagree with you, because you keep – 
you know, you're you're always on opposite sides of almost every issue. You you, um, and those people who disagree with you become the other, mm-hmm. and sooner or later, they're not just the other, and they're not just wrong. They're they're evil, and and so then you know how do you have that relationship in the conversation? So you just have to walk it back and look at it in a different way. And then all of a sudden we human beings do the cool things we do um, <laughs> with each other and it, and it, and it shifts the dynamic. Absolutely. I want to talk much more about that. I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to This is Civity Radio Show. We're talking with Liz Joyner from Village Square. I'm Gina Valeria, and we will be back in just a moment. Generic tourist. There's nothing I like better than rubbing myself with all different kinds of foreign oils, eating shrimp cocktails, and looking at naked women on the beaches of Ahukakaliyuhunka today. Island. I also enjoy bringing my laptop out to the beach with me so that I can listen to KSFS radio with my wireless internet. Uh, damn it, there's sand in my computer. <coughs> anyway, KSFS radio, free for all. Yeah, it's not going to be free to fix my computer. I don't have any money. Frickin' economy, it's killing me. The whole thing's frickin' garbage. Greenspan, Paulson, whatever. Frickin' experts, yeah right, I frickin' read a book once, I know more than them. And frickin' hey, you're ruining my frickin' vacation, I don't have any money to spend. Friggin' I'm on hookah, cookie, whatever the friggin' hell this name of the friggin' island is. I'm having a crappy time out here. And all of them... Oh, Daniel Martinez is on? What does freedom of speech mean to me? Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Speak out against the majority. It means I can express my opinion freely. freely. It's the American dream. It's the first amendment. It means everyone everyone has has a voice. voice. I guess freedom of speech is more than a right. It's a responsibility. A message from the National Association of Broadcasters, Education Foundation, and this station. Welcome back to This is Civity Radio Show. I am Gina Valeria. We are here today with Liz Joyner from Village Square, and we are talking about empathy, trust, bringing people together who have differences and helping them build relationships so that we can solve the problems in our community and society. So, Liz, you were talking earlier about um, the idea that our, uh, you know, when we start to get tribal, when we start to surround ourselves with just people who think like us, who agree with us, we start to other people who don't. And that othering turns from difference to now I think you're evil or now I think there's something wrong with you. So, uh, you know, you mentioned walking it back. Tell me a little bit about, have you had a situation in Village Square where it really started at that place where two people were looking at each other like, you know, you've got to be evil, believing what you believe, and and you've had to walk it back? Um, hmm, I think we try really hard to never get in that situation. (laughs) Um, And and so one of the things that, uh, one of the examples that I can think of is during the whole health care town hall summer where things were really going substantially awry uh, when people were talking with their elected representatives about health care, we had a program just right dead in the middle of that um, and actually, there was a program at um, at City Hall about the same topic that I went to. And of course, there were people with signs, and it was angry. Um, and it was exactly what everything you know usually is. Um, and then we had the program, our program, like a week later, and we just breathed deeply. And we actually it was the first time we ever um, called law enforcement to just have someone there um, in case it was necessary. 
and we really honestly had no problem. And, and, and I think the reason for that is because we've essentially sort of structured a space where, you know, if, you, if you're attending an event um, that's offered by an organization that believes that diversity of opinion is an extremely generative force in American democracy and that believes it, that, you know, civil discourse is important and that has, we have a couple civility bells in the audience that's sort of a little bit of a, um, a stick to our carrot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we just, we structure a situation where it really goes well. I, you know, people people are are sensitive to the social expectations, and we're able to. We're always looking for people on our um, to have the conversations who uh, we think can have it in a very vibrant uh, uh, way. We're not looking for substantial agreement. In fact, we're really really looking for as much disagreement as we can um, handle while still being empathetic towards each other. And, and so, you know, we really haven't had a whole lot of trouble. That's great. I, I love that point about not looking for agreement. I think so, sometimes it feels as if everybody's goal is to get you to agree with me. I'm, I'm out there to get you to think the way I think. And I'm not sure when that came about or if it's always been the case, but that, that I love that you, your group is thinking differently about, you know, it's not about agreeing, it's about hearing each other. And yeah, in fact, in some ways it's about generative disagreement because almost always you, you might be right about 90% of what you think is the, is the right policy prescription for this or that, but in all likelihood you've got a 10% blind spot, and, and more often it's a little <laughs> bit bigger than that. Yeah. And so the truth is if we, if we look at the people who disagree with us as being, frankly, our best allies in, you know, addressing issues in a thoughtful um, and constructive way, then, you know, it, it really is. That's, just, that's, that's really the genius of American democracy, and it's something that we tend to forget. Uh, we tend to sort of have a, an attitude about the people who disagree with us, like democracy would be great if only they were gone. Right. Um, but the fact is, that is just not true. Democracy is foundationally the brilliant idea is that it's that it's that um, engaged disagreement that that solves problems. It, it's supposed to be a little frustrating because because it broadens your view on things. Absolutely. And and solutions are often stronger when you can get people in a room who come at it from different places. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, but the idea of disagreement and the idea of sitting down with someone who doesn't agree with you, not only can it broaden your thinking, but it, you can help find stronger solutions. And often... Um, you know, you people are coming at it from, or people have the same goals. Is what yes, I, I, th I, th I think that's absolutely right, and I completely agree that that you get stronger solutions if you take sort of where you are, and you try to reach a little bit past um, your, your comfort zone and broaden a, a coalition in sort of a political sense. Um, one of the things that we talk about is that we think that we're playing, we, we call it 51% politics, <laughs> that, is, that as long as you can get your, you know, your ball just beyond 50%, then after that you go for everything you want. You go for 100% of what you want and you just bulldoze the people who didn't agree with you. Right. Um, and, and what we think is what really we want to do is if you get 51% of the vote, what, it, what statesmen used to do is they used to then say, okay, well, how can I enlarge this coalition? Yeah. And so that involves talking to people who, 
you, who disagree with parts of what you think. Um, and I also wanted to just jump back to something you had said before about the fact that it's, it's really easy to sort of think that what you're talking about is some sort of really centrist, um, frumpy compromise in these things. It really isn't. Um, we, have, we describe ourselves as being pariah-friendly. Hmm. Um, and so people can have extremely um, views that, that aren't necessarily mainstream. In fact, uh, you know, Martin Luther King would have been some, called somebody who was out of the mainstream at a certain time. Uh, so it's not, it's not how, you know, how center you are in the middle of everything. It's really just coming in with the willingness to have, a, you know, a, a real but respectful conversation. That's a great point. The center has moved. I mean, the center was in a different place in the 50s and the 60s and in the 1860s. I mean, the center has been in very right. different places. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So it's really more how you do it than where you land. Absolutely. And, and I think, what, yeah, exactly how you do it. Like, I'm going to come at you with openness and I'm going to hear mm-hmm. you out. And, and when we think about some of the really divisive and horrifying issues that face us, uh, obviously, uh, you know, mass shootings and, and, and those. No, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody wants or 99 percent of the population doesn't want to see any mass shootings. Pr- pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Yes. So that, you know, so if we can just start there, you know, we, we all don't want this. And, and of course, it's not going to be easy to solve, but everybody then chooses their method, right? Like, this is my method for making sure this doesn't happen. Right. This is my method. And okay, well, let's right. talk about that. And even, even you know, the abortion issue, you know, nobody wants unwanted pregnancy. So there are a lot of ways to solve that. Let's, we've all got our methods, so let's talk them through. And, 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 and I think sometimes we forget to remember you know, that this person doesn't want to kill babies. No, this person doesn't. That's (laughs) right. It's really true. And the truth is that we actually behave towards each other like we think they do. Yes. Uh, And and it it really is, uh, we we sort of don't give each other the sort of, you know, benefit of the doubt in conversations anymore. We start at 500 RPMs and we're already mad Um, and and make all all the negative assumptions we possibly can about people, I, you know, I think certainly the the gun debate is one where there's it, it's such a complex, wicked problem that you have to unwind in different ways, mm-hmm. and and so why not have a conversation about all the different ways we can unwind it? We don't have to agree, you know, that number one and number two are the most, uh, you know, the ones we have to do. We we can go down the list a little bit. Maybe we'll find a little disagreement somewhere. And, you know, and then abortion is, is a good example because of the fact that really how long have we been, you know, going around and around on this topic, and yet if you look at the abortion rate, it's sort of sitting right where it was when we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of think, gosh, can't people of goodwill find some way to kind of, you know, chip away at this? Exactly. Find some solutions. Like, like, let's look at the rate. Let's look at what we want. We don't want unwanted pregnancy. So let's find ways to sort of chip away at that rate. And we can talk and we can disagree and we can find a solution. Um, right. I know compromise has become a dirty word, but, but sometimes compromises are much stronger than just that one initial sort of siloed solution. They are. And in, in some ways, this is sort of the natural result of the fact that the, you know, the political parties control, they're, they're, you know, they're doing what their job of what you need to do if you're a political party. But they're in, in some ways, it it's, it's works better for them if they can divide us into, you know, A and B, this mm-hmm. and that, um, because it makes us vote for them or vote, you know, for, for their opponent. 
Um, but it's really not. Everything is so much more complicated than that. And when you have conversations in paragraphs rather than sound bites, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another angle, you know, beyond just what's happening in our news media. And our lives are very busy. Our lives are very complex. And sometimes people just, I have a good friend, I've brought her up on the show before, but she lives in Texas. And we have diametrically opposed political views, but we love, you know, we love each other. We've known each other forever. And she, she's like, look, I'm gonna vote for the Republican. Just tell me tell me what's going on because I'm, I'm too busy I can't pay attention and she, right. tr- she trusts me enough to the, I'm not going to lead her astray and you know so right. but but she's too busy she's I've got three kids I've got to deal with this I've got to you know I just tell me just because I, I can't I can't take it all in and and when it's all coming at you it's com- then you want something simple you want a simple easy plug-in solution and so we as a population are also you know embracing that a and b that the politicians mm-hmm. want us to embrace Absolutely, and then the media environment supports it. Right. Uh, so, I mean, and, and why wouldn't we go straight to who we think are the people who think like us? Of course we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it takes too much time for us to, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, the amount of information that's flung at us is part of the problem as well. Uh, just because of the sheer volume, we can't quit our jobs and go through and fact check all the different sources we listen to. We just have to sort of intuitively kind of uh, lean in the direction that we think, yeah, these, yeah, I kind of feel like that seems right. And then you sort of just trust what everybody says. Right. Um, so, so people, if people can be in broad relationships with, um, you know, a diverse group of neighbors, then we sort of perform that function for each other. Um, where we can sort of say, well, yeah, okay, this might be true, but then we also heard this. And so it, it broadens our view and helps us make um, more rational decisions. Absolutely. So things like Village Square and Civity, uh, where, you know, at Civity, we're pulling people together and giving them structured ways to reach out to people that they disagree with. So it's a very one-on-one type of thing. Uh, but it's still... Um, as valuable as this work is, it's still small scale. You know, something like CNN, Fox, MSNBC can reach, you know, millions of people in, a, in an instant. And, uh, you know, endeavors such as Village Square, Civity, uh, you know, are, are much more small scale. So, you know, how do we chip away at that? How do we really make a difference uh, given what we face? Yeah, I think that you're right. There are a lot of factors that are pushing in the opposite direction. Um, and that's the impossible part of, of the mission because it, it, it is very, very challenging. And yet, imagine what, where does this go? What is the end game if, if we're not um, sort of setting, setting the firewall and saying, okay, we're right. going to do things differently here? Because it's just, it, 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 it feels like it just gets deeper and deeper. And with the events, with the racial tragedies in the mm-hmm. country of late, it just, it feels so hard to unwind, and we're not going to get better at it if we, if we um, you know, essentially keep letting mass media set the agenda and the conversation. Uh, and, and the beauty of it, really, uh, we're, we're very, um, the work that Civity does is so um, consistent. It nests really well with what the Village Square does. And so, yes, they are small units. Um, but what they do is their their units, you know, the 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 civity being the you know civic fabric of a community, they do have tipping points, 
um, there, there, there really is a very, uh, you know, we've been able to see um, a real shift in, in sort of the, the economics of civics in our communities. Um, for example, uh, last fall we had um, an event called The Longest Table that uh, was sponsored by the city and the county and the village square. And inside, it was basically um, drawing people from the south and north side of town across economic and racial sort of um, diverse neighborhoods. And inside of a half a day, we had essentially filled 400 spaces. Wow. So, so we've created an environment where that can happen and where, you know, we're sort of intuitively reaching out toward, towards each other. So it does scale. Um, and, you know, and inside of a community, then it, it changes the way that we relate to our elected officials uh, because it gives them um, a, a constituency for statesmanship because otherwise where do you even find that? Who, who's supporting you trying to reach out across differences? There's just no, there's no support for it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, and that's the mandatory part. It, it has to be done or it will just keep getting worse. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and really media plays to what we want on the ground. And so, you know, we, we, think that, that we think that we really have the ability to do better. I agree. Uh, this is a great place to take a break. I'm going to jump away for t- two seconds. This is This is Civity Radio Show. I'm Gina Valeria talking with Liz Joyner from Village Square. We will be back in just a moment. Nothing inspires imagination like reading. And it's never too early to start reading to your children. When you open a book, you can explore new worlds like the ones in the Chronicles of Narnia. Everything you see is Narnia. Impossible. You can make new friends, discover amazing adventures, and most of all, have fun. Are you prepared for what awaits you? To find out more about the wonders of reading, you can visit the Library of Congress website at www.loc.gov. There, you can learn more about books, play fun games, discover cool facts, and so much more. You can log on to www.loc.gov and let your journey begin. This message has been brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ed Council. Listen carefully. Do you know what that is? That's the sound of someone being there. The sound of someone caring about a kid. That's the sound of a mentor. This is Laura Bush. Help America's youth. Be a friend. Be a mentor. Just be there. To be a mentor, go to bigbrothersbigsisters.org. A public service message brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Welcome back to This is Civity Radio Show. I am Gina Valeria. We are here today with Liz Joyner from Village Square. Liz, right before the break, you were talking about some really interesting things about the tipping point and about uh, this work that needs to be done. I, you know, I completely agree, and I'm so thrilled that there are organizations such as Civity, such as Village Square, out there taking this on and pulling people into the fold. But there is a lot to confront. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, you, you mentioned the uh, the racial c- crimes or uh, that are going on. Uh, we've seen videos now uh, of several instances of um, law enforcement 
you know, issue, you know, shooting people, and 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 that's caused a lot of uh, strife among the population. Although people from minority communities will say that this was happening before the video was released, we all, right. yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's start there, and then I'm going to jump onto a couple other things. But but you know, this is a big issue, and you know, and part of me, you know, part of me feels, wow, this is such a big issue to confront. But part of me feels that, well, at least now it's out there, and isn't that a, a big first step? Yeah, and and I think that uh, hopefully, I I know there are a lot of people and organizations that are looking in different ways now at how you address this. And, and, you know, we've actually, I just came from a meeting uh, which was specifically on that topic, and the question was how does does our community become a community that has a civic muscle across race and economic divides that mean that we can handle things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so I think that, uh, again, I think what we have learned about how you address this is it's relationships first. Um, and in some ways that makes it easier. You just have to reach out to other human beings uh, who are different from you. Uh, and it can start small. It can be one of the things that we do for our programs is we um, we encourage people to have a lunch across the aisle. Oh, <laughs> it can nice. be a lunch across any difference. Um, and and so that's a way to start small, and it can start big with different, you know, community initiatives. But ultimately, it really isn't something that gets fixed at a very broad national level or on the Internet. It's This is a human-to-human retail operation. And in some ways, when... We talk about sort of how hard this is. Uh, it, it, it inspires me because, you know, of the people, by the people, and for the people, you know what? That's where solutions ought to start. Right. Um, and, and that's where I, I think they do. And, and it makes it manageable. It means that you just, you just have to just start step across that threshold you know yeah absolutely and of the people by the people for the people it is hard it is messy and it takes time and it takes engagement um, right yeah and and we've also seen but it but it also does take our community let's start with the community our community leaders and e- leaders in government leaders in business leaders in organizations such as civity and village square uh to set structures so if we look at um i'm going to take here in richmond california the police chief who's outgoing at this point um he's moving to another city but he he started a, a really strong community policing program, and they've seen all kinds of positive outcomes from that. They've seen a lower crime rate, lower murder rate. They've seen um, better relationships between mm-hmm. law enforcement and the community. And so the community wanted it, the community demanded it, but it took the leaders yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. And it's about relationships again. Absolutely. You're you not necessarily going to agree going in to it's specific actions that need to be taken, but if you can just agree that you're going to seek the relationship, it changes a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, now I want to jump to uh, uh, there is a really nice repost on your blog on village square. Uh, excuse me, town village oh, ah, to the village square dot org. Um, That's right. Interparty antipathy at new highs, but we agree on a lot more than we than we think we do. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about it through the lens of gerrymandering. Uh, back in the, the last presidential election in 2012, yes, um, when you looked at actual vote counts, 
the there were there were a lot more votes for Democratic candidates than Republican candidates. It, not, not it doesn't matter. It could be the other way. I'm not talking about right. party here. Right. But that when you looked at the actual outcomes, there were many more candidate uh, Republican candidates nominated to Congress, and mm-hmm. people pointed to gerrymandering. You know, uh, legislators go in and they gerrymander the districts. And they make deals to ensure that this is always a Republican district. This is always a Democratic district. And, right. And that's that's caused a lot of issues. And in California, we. We've taken this on and we've re- we've done uh, redistricting, taken it out of the hands of the legislature, and we've seen some positive outcomes so far. Uh, yeah. So when we're facing something like that, when I look at the blog post here on tothevillagesquare.org uh, and I see that Americans agree on a lot of things, there's actually great agreement on gun control, great agreement on how to how to deal with right. abortion, you know, and yet we see, you know, the outcomes we get in Congress, uh, as an example, you know, money, uh, corruption, gerrymandering. You know, how does the citizen, the, the, lo, the excuse me, the lowly citizen who's beleaguered and exhausted and busy and dealing with <laughs> how, how, how do I deal with that? You know? <laughs> um, yes, it is exhausting and it does feel really big, doesn't it? Yes. Um, well, so, I mean, there's so many kind of structural problems that are wrong. And I think that one of the... Um, one of the problems in addressing those problems, despite the disagreement, is the fact that we can't get a cohesive, um, we, we sort of can't get a head of steam going that has a broad coalition because of how tribally divided we are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost as if we're in a um, civic space where if one party says the sky is blue, the other party will absolutely argue to the death that it's green. Yes. Um, and, and it, I mean, it's a very dysfunctional place to be. Um, and 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 so I'm not I'm not sure that I have a whole lot of really great um, <laughs> ideas other than to reach out to s- sort of start the chain that goes from you and your relationships the little the little things that you can do in your life that shifts that that shifts you know where you are in this because are you really hanging out with people who who you disagree with are you sort of reaching out and learning more about them then connect the chain up look for organizations in your community that are broadly uh, gathering people together that believe in the concept that diversity of opinion is a wonderful thing that we need to preserve, not fight against. Um, look for organizations that are doing um, national work that that you know speak to you that are that are trying to address some of these systemic problems. Represent.us is an organization that is working on um, fighting corruption, which you know let, you know that's the same thing. How many of us are for corruption? <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so, and and you know, and certainly the gerrymandering again is. It, I, I think that the politicians' um, job is to represent us, and the truth is, in some ways, by doing sort of the 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 um, the political gamesmanship and things like gerrymandering, they really are doing what they're hearing us say that they're supposed to do, which is win. <laughs> beat yeah. those people who 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 would be who the, the America would be better off without. Beat them. Um, and if the message that they start getting changes, w- whether by individual action, by groups in your community, by national groups that are doing good work, it'll it'll change too. It will. Yeah, I think we forget our power and we forget the importance of nuance. Um, when you mentioned, you know, that the politicians are in some ways responding to what we, the citizens, are asking of them. 
and right. and we you know we are seeing things in black and white and there's that phrase you get the government you deserve and mm-hmm. if we do want I think it, we may have it <laughs> I think we may have it and I think I think if we want something different we have to demand it and so these initiatives Village Square and Civity and others um, to, you know to try to turn the tide so that we start understanding one that that we can demand something different and we have a lot of power as the citizens that 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 constitution gives us a lot of power if we choose to utilize it we we really do and right now they're playing to the uh, the darker side of human nature and we need to be more broadly saying up your game play to our better angels Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a long time. But we, you know, we've got to we've got to just, just you know, do the work. And, and so that's why it's wonderful that there are people out there who start these organizations willing to do the work. Um, have you I want to go back to Village Square uh, settings for a moment. And I want yes. to talk a little bit about uh, people who come. Who are the people who come to Village Square Conversations? And and then is there anybody who's come to you and said, wow, you've you've opened my mind or I can't believe this. I've been profoundly impacted by what just happened. Um, yes. I mean, I, I, we have that happen all the time. Um, we have just uh, such a fascinating mishmash of people, although I have to say that it really, it, it wasn't really easy at the beginning. It had to be intentional because it wasn't natural. Um, and so we, we got people together who really, at the very beginning, who really liked each other, despite the fact that they disagreed politically. And then if you sort of create the right environment, then it, it, just, it just naturally kind of takes a hold. Um, and we have, we have people who are um, foundationally involved in our organization that could not possibly disagree more. Um, and, and, you know, when people come to our programs, we have, you know, example I can think of right off is that uh, the, the photographer um, that we use for one of our programs um, is, uh, is an atheist, and he shoots the um, photographs for our Faith Food Friday program, and the whole, the whole title of that is Faith Food Friday for people of faith and no faith at all because talking <laughs> politics wasn't hard enough. Um, <laughs> and and tr- he's, he's an example of, you know, I'll catch him afterwards just in these deep, serious, um, wonderful and warm conversations with the clergy on the panel. Um, we, have, we have just every flavor of everybody in the audience. Um, and it, it just, it really happens person to person and naturally if you start with, you know, kind of goodwill and the intention to, to, to hang with the relationships. Um, so, I, you know, I feel like we really have changed the, the, the civic DNA of our community by just ha- having an organization that's out there saying consistently, hey, we think that we need each other. We've got to have conversations, not only because they help solve problems, because frankly, they're better conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's what our, our, our system of governance has asked us to do. So darn it, we're going to do it. Um, and the problem is, if there's not somebody out there making that argument, it's just really easy to fall back into the feuding tribes. Absolutely. Um, now you are in Tallahassee. I saw you're also here in Sacramento in California. Um, yes. I, and tell me where else you are and where else you're looking to be. Um, Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And we're also in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. And we're really looking to be anywhere that, uh, you know, wants to 
have a relationship with us, and there we have all sorts of sort of flavors of things you can do. You can sort of start small or start big. Uh, we're actually currently putting together some uh, kind of open source resources for people to be able to come to our website and see a program that maybe we've done that they would like to try themselves and be able to sort of a program in a box. Um, so that so really anybody can do some sort of flavor of this. We, we, do, we do big, huge rooms full of people. We do small groups. Um, we're about to launch a book club on race. Great, and that and and that will be um, you know something that happens in people's homes with very small group of uh, racially diverse people, um, and so there's there's really um, there's so many ways you can lean into this if if you want to give it a go. To uh, check out Village Square, you can go to tothevillagesquare.org. If you want to have uh, Village Square in your community, all the information is there. Uh, I want to end on uh, an interesting blog I saw on your site. And by the way, the site, the blog is extremely prolific. There's a lot of amazing stuff on there. Thank Um, you. You're welcome. Uh, There's a... uh, uh, one blog from a little bit ago about Jefferson and Adams and the quote, uh, you and I should not die until we have explained ourselves to each <laughs> other. I love that. Um, what made you pull that out and decide that that needed to be on your blog? Well, in some ways, that is such a metaphorically perfect story for Jefferson and Adams to have left us. Uh, because it, sometimes we forget they disagreed vehemently. Mm-hmm. And the genius of what they did is they created a system that, that allowed us to vibrantly disagree with each other and, and to see that it was a struggle for them as well, uh, that, that it, it really did separate them uh, for almost their entire life um, in, until the end when they started um, writing back and forth uh, in what is really, to me, a gift as, you know, as this very diverse country tries to move forward together, I think they left us a gift. And I think that, you know, what could be so medically, metaphorically perfect um, than the fact that they died on the same day, July 4th. Gosh, that's amazing. Well, I really appreciate your time. We have been talking with Liz Joyner from The Village Square. That's to thevillagesquare.org about issues of building civity and building relationships, community, empathy, and trust as a way to bring our communities together, heal our nation, and find solutions and move us forward. I am Gina Valeria with This Is Civity Radio Show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.